is going on, guys? My name is Gabe. I'm Matt. And this is the Tentacle Bot Podcast. And today we've got something a little special for y'all. I know I say that every time, but uh, every time it's special. Matt, why don't you tell us what we're talking about today? What is this special thing, you might ask? This one is called The Fire Itself by the band Phineas. Uh, this one was released through Solid State Records on August 27th of 2021. Um, who is the band? Um, if I... Uh, Pronounce names incorrectly, uh, my apologies. Uh, but we're looking at Sean McCulloch on vocals. We have Daniel Gailey on guitar, Bryce Kelly on bass, and Isaiah Perez on drums. First impressions, let's let's not waste any time, Gabe. What you got? Absolutely not. So I, I'm not even going to sugarcoat this one whatsoever. I'm going to come at you with the hottest take so far that I've done on this podcast. Oh, God, I'm not ready. This album's absolutely in the running for album of the year for me. <laughs> Listen, like literally, so there, the fire is in the album name, and bro, this this album is fire. Th- but this, album of the year potential, a- like that's absolutely. that's heavy, and especially if you look at some of the records that we have talked about and some of the really really good ones we've talked about. Era self titled was an absolute banger of a record. The Love and Death record, which we did like episode three or something, mm-hmm. like we have had some really solid records, and th- that's just naming two of them. I could talk about the Beartooth record, which was really good. The Light the Torch record, which was really good. Dude, this is there's some high praise, man. Like just just give it all to me. The guitar work is god tier. The drums are ruthless. The vocals, clean and unclean, are a force to be reckoned with. And the mixing on this album is among the best that I've heard in your, in recent years. Mm-hmm. I look forward to spending so much time casually with this album. Yeah. Oh, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so this definitely has a old school metalcore vibe. So this band is formed in 2001. So this is around the same time as like As I Lay Dying came out. Um, this is close to the time Killswitch Engage had originally formed. The weird thing with them though is they were formed in 2001, mm-hmm. had their variety of lineup changes as a local band and whatnot, but they didn't release their first like actual full length signed album until 2011 with The God Machine. Wow, I didn't really know that that yeah. was prior that. prior to that. The only other recording that is at least known to the public was like a small self-titled EP that they had done. Okay, so I, that I had no idea of, but at least the little bit of information I pulled up of the band. I've been was, a fan of Phineas for a while, so that that that's that I, I have that makes knowledge. sense. <laughs> um, so and you can definitely tell that you know being that they're at least a name that's been around a little while and i don't know how many if any of these members are from the original lineup at all but there is a from very the original lineup that had done the god machine which was their first like full length album mm-hmm. uh, if i'm not mistaken i believe it's 3 of them oh okay so it's a, at least a pretty good core chunk of them so that's actually pretty cool but one of the things you can definitely tell from especially older metalcore bands, um, again, Azalea Dying, Kill Switch Engage, All That Remains, because um, they've been around for a, a number of years now, is listen to the riffs. One of the things I noticed listening through it is this record felt like a combination of Miss May I meets Fit for a King. And having and having those elements kind of blended together, but into this package, I was sitting there listening to it, and immediately I'm like, 
dude, this slap, like, this is a really good record. And again, God tier guitar, the drums are just absolutely in your face. The vocals uh, are just really almost a slap to the, but like, like a slap to the face, but like, oh, let's go. It's just a slap knowing that you'll never be as good as they are. Basically. <laughs> yeah. Um, musical impressions. Uh, uh, we've we've kind of already touched on that a little bit, but we're going to touch on it a little bit further. Um, it again, the the guitar work is just outstanding. It's the thing that first drew me to Phineas ten years ago, whenever I first discovered them uh, in, in two thousand eleven, and it was otherworldly guitar work then. And it's nice to see that they've managed to continue and expound on that trip that they built for themselves. It's mm-hmm. clean, it's precise, it's technically proficient, and it never feels distracting, which is so important in a shred heavy kind of uh, yeah. sound and i feel like they managed to do that without flaw in this album mm-hmm. yeah and i i made a note of some instances where the guitar just was absolutely killer but whether it be the riff was just really you know fast and technical or the solo that just blows up and you just kind of sit there and you just like this is insane like this are like is he a robot like that kind of just really strong guitar work is just unbelievable um you really you know i kind of talked about like all my musical impressions and the kind of first impressions um so you know i don't really have too much more to say but when when they come in heavy they come in heavy Mm -hmm. but when they go to just like show off just their ability to riff and just you know be that be that metalcore heavy that just kind of mid tone is they're still able to do that and do that very very well. Um, lyricals, you know, just the lyrics of this one, Gabe. So apparently, whenever I was writing my notes, I just forgot to finish this. <laughs> um, I have Phineas has always had well constructed lyrics, and this album is no exception. Sick. So, <laughs> so, so that's, but, but le- that's actually kind of yeah. awesome. But legitimately, though, like uh, uh, that. But um. <laughs> <laughs> on this episode, Gabe has a stroke. Uh, <laughs> so, on top of their already well constructed lyrics that happen in this album, like there's a almost return to positive metalcore, mm-hmm. which is kind of nice because a lot of what we see now, like in the olden days, God, the olden days. We saw a we're lot, old men. basically at this point, we saw metalcore really kind of do the tough guy regime mm-hmm. where it was a lot more violent towards another and it was um, a lot more call out based. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas newer metalcore really kind of falls in the vein of self-deprecating and yeah. mental issues, which is honestly kind of an interesting uh introspective view of our time and situation, but right. th- that's neither here nor there. We're not a philo- philosophical podcast. We're a tentacle bot podcast. <laughs> but our sidecast is definitely <laughs> not for anybody because we're not professionals whatsoever in that. Anyway, I'm going to continue. This is also true. Um, but so it, it's nice to see that we kind of have this return to, to a positive message metalcore. And I feel like it's something that is needed in this time, especially mm-hmm. with, I mean, since the beginning of 2020, like yeah. the world has just begun crum- begun crumbling around us, and I feel like it's a time that people kind of do need this kind of stuff. And I feel like this is a really good representation of having all of the aspects of the things 
that you like in metalcore, the the blazing fast guitars, the chugs, the riffs, the screams, the brutal mm-hmm. brutality, but also having like a, a really hopeful message to it. Um, th- these guys are a uh, Christian metal band. Like they, there is no hiding that mm-hmm. um, from their message on this album and previous albums. But it's also good just for the really uplifting parts of it too. So the motivational part, I definitely saw in the song of the fire inside or the fire itself. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Um, yo, there's a lot of like angry boy vibes. Oh, there's though, definitely the angry boy vibes. And, and it's don't like, get me wrong, there's, there's angry boy vibes. Yeah, <laughs> and there there's a lot of songs where it felt as though the angry boy vibes was almost targeted to a specific individual. Like it almost felt like everything kind of culminated to one person, um, as opposed to like you know. This song is a call out to this individual or maybe group or then this one's to like this group and, you know, like kind of these different avenues. But it all seemed to culminate into just one specific, um, you know, one specific individual. And one of the I can't remember the song exactly, but there was a mention at um, being left at the altar. Um, So. And, which is an extremely on the nose call out, but the way that it was spelled, at least if I rem- my memory serves me correctly, is it was A L T E R, which doesn't make sense because that's not quite the right spelling. It makes sense in a religious sense. Yeah, and so you know, and that, um, and that that may be the way that I wasn't looking at it. So like, again, I was like, that seems like a really straightforward call out, but at the same time, it's like, you know, I would but probably at the same time need it's this. not straightforward. <laughs> yeah. Got him. Ha <laughs> Got him. So, and it, it almost is something where I kind of would have to sit back down and reread the lyrics and kind of, kind of try to break it down a little bit further. But the, the metaphors that they use and, um, you know, not making it so everything was so straightforward and just in your face, like, this is the song meaning. Like, that was nice to see, mm-hmm. um, just so that way it wasn't just, it wasn't just there. You had to actually dig into it a little bit. And I think having that little bit uh, uh, of mystique is nice to have in the in the lyrical writing. Definitely. Uh, before we jump into the track by track, let's go ahead and break down the album artwork. Uh, for this one, we do see the center of the cover has the Phineas logo. Uh, below that is the band name, Phineas, and below that is the title of the album, The Fire Itself. The background is a combination of orange and black, and it seems to represent like an abstract vil- visu- visualization of a fire burning a dark forest. Uh, how'd you feel about this one, Matt? Well, first question is, are you good? Yeah. Okay, just making sure, because it looked like you were having a stroke for the second time well, already. you know what, man? <laughs> um, yeah. This... <laughs> It's it feels a little on the nose about the you know the, the the fire part of the the album name. It's minimalist, man. Mm-hmm. It's you you look at it and it just it's just a fire burning. And if you think about just what a forest fire is, just by itself, just in a vacuum. We if we just look at that outside of the 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 the, um, the record that we're looking at is just the destruction and everything associated with that. And then, you know, kind of taking some of that and then kind of look trying to tie it in with the this record is it kind of provides a 
an image as to what to potentially expect. Um, and I, I think there is, there's a little bit of, of tying to what the, the record is about that we see in that art. And I think having it being so minimalist, but also conveying such a message is a really cool thing that the band did. Definitely. Um, the cool thing about this one too, is it looks like it's an actual painting that was, yeah. had a picture taken it. And so like, you can see a lot of like the actual texture that would have been used in the painting. And mm -hmm. it's something that I honestly really want, like the original painting from my own house. Cause Dude, I think that, that would, would look be, super cool. That would actually be really <laughs> rad. And you know, especially taking off like the Phineas logo and the, you know, the band name and the album title is just having that itself is it's an aesthetically looking piece, even though it's a really dark image, mm -hmm. it's still a really good looking piece of art without a doubt. But with that out of the way, let's go ahead and jump into the first track, Eternally Apart. Matt, why don't you go ahead and start us off on this one? So we get a slow guitar build for about the first 40 seconds um, to, you know, gives the impression that we're going to hear one of those kind of short song opener kind of things. <laughs> no, <laughs> you would be they so wrong. Good day. They said good day. They said no. Oh, this this open shows. This is a show opener for a set, oh, without a doubt. Um, we see the style of metacore we haven't seen in a number of years, but there's still an aspect of the newer metalcore um, that that kind of like warp tour metalcore, the almost emo metalcore that some people have kind of called it, where you kind of see those aspects bleed in. So. It doesn't feel like when we were talking about the wrist meat razor record a uh, number of months back. Oh God, has it been I, that I long? Honestly, I don't even know anymore. Um, <laughs> where with the wrist meat razor record is we saw the callback. You know, a, a I hate to put it this way, but a very blatant ripoff of the old metalcore with it being that kind of lo-fi, um, trying to be eerie but heavy and scrapey grungy scrapey, yeah. yeah scratchy grungy sound where you know like they kind of just blatantly ripped it off it's like phineas actually brought that with them in their evolution but they brought in those metal the the newer metalcore um or what what has made the metalcore genre become what it is now and especially the huge change we've seen in the last probably five to 10 years. Mm -hmm. um, you know, a little bit of that has creeped in, but even some of what caused metalcore to be as big as it was, is we see that kind of bleed through. So it's this still very retro sound, but it's a, a modern retelling of it. It's like mm -hmm. a, it's like a remake done right. Kind of thing is kind of a good way to kind of describe their sound. But that doesn't give the credit to just the sheer power and talent that these guys bring to the table, whether it be on the guitar, on the bass, on the drums, or vocally. And Sean comes in out the gate like an absolute mad lad. Oh, yeah. Yeah, th this... Uh, th this entire song is just a metalcore dream house of riff and s riffs and solos. Like when the cleans kick in with the guitar work behind it, it just decimates the track and just mm -hmm. sets a great expectation for what's to come on this album. Right off the bat, it's one of my favorite tracks on the album. Yeah, no, it's it, as soon as I started the record, um, I was actually driving to work, 
and I put the record on. I was like, oh yeah, because I got got to got to review this, and I haven't had a chance to take a listen to it, and. Ooh, buddy. I, I'll be honest. So, so just a little bit behind the scenes here. Um, as Matt and I are going into this upcoming month here, uh, as we're doing two episodes a month, we've also uh, two episodes a week. Or yes, thank you. Ooh, yeah, I wish we could do two two episodes <laughs> a month. Part three. Yeah, not kidding. <laughs> Um, so as we're doing two episodes a week, the episodes that we're doing are albums that come out the same day, mm-hmm. but we obviously don't want to like just bombard people with information. So we want to split them up. So this album released on the same day that the ginger record did with the one that we released last week. Yep. Or I guess last Friday now, um, this, I, I had a hard time going to the ginger record because I was so obsessed with this record. So. Which record did you listen to first? This one. You and I actually had it the back backwards. <laughs> so what I ended up doing is um a, a little bit of also behind the scenes as well is Thursday. So the the night before these records drop is I was actually getting a tattoo done or at least some work done to a previous tattoo and um as I left and I was Center. getting ready to jump on the the freeway as I went I was like. Ginger dropped the record. So I remembered the Ginger release first. And mm. I knew Phineas was dropping at the same time. It's just at this point, it's like tw- somewhere between like 1230 and 1 in the morning. I'm tired. And I'm like, I need to get home. And I was over in like Scottsdale. So I had a bit of a drive. Mm-hmm. And it's just the first thing I thought because I was like, oh, it's Friday. Oh, the Ginger record dropped. So I had started that. So I actually came into this one a little bit late. And I'm bummed that i didn't get a little bit longer to have listened to it because i feel like even even though i tried to describe everything as best as possible and um as i was kind of writing the notes is i was kind i kind of walked through kind of what the song is i've kind of noticed with my notes i'm like okay it's cool that i'm able to like break down like what you see in the song but not really be able to like um vaguely describe it Mm -hmm. so like i wish i would have had even just even another four hours to just sit there and just dedicate to just listening to the record to just kind of get that little bit of extra in case there was something I missed in the few listens that I I was going through before listening to this. Um, But spoiler alert, um, I I'm going to be coming back to this record. There's no if, ands or buts about it. (laughs) Yeah. But with that out of the way, before we keep going down further, that rabbit hole, we'll go ahead and jump into the title track. The fire itself slaps. Oh my God. This song slaps, slaps, slaps. (laughs) Like and as a Slap as a title, <laughs> <laughs> and as a title track, like you want it to be one of the best songs because it's it's the name of the record. It's it's got that tie to the record, mm-hmm. so you're just it's you almost put it, it on a pedestal of kind of like you just need to be good. Guess what it is? Good. It's better than good. <laughs> so it's great. I'm gonna hit you so hard. <laughs> Speaking of slapping, uh, the <laughs> I want I want to bring up kind of like what what I first thought when I first heard this. Um, so Sean's vocals mm-hmm. are phenomenal. Yeah, throughout this entire record, this song specifically, it sounds like a gnarly mix between Tyler Shelton of Traders and Brian Fair of Shadows Fall. Their voices had a love child, and then that love child was delivered and then slapped into oblivion by Caleb Shomo. 
Like that was the vibe that I got from his. I voice. can definitely I can see the Caleb Shomo and there. I was when I listened to Sean's vocals is the the one thing I just kept thinking and, and listening through the entirety of this record is I literally felt like a lot of it was just Ryan Kirby was told like you are going to be fronting Miss May I and you guys are going to go f- go write a record like it, it that's uh, another good way to put it yeah <laughs> and, and, and it's in that you know and that's probably the simplest way to put it but like unfortunately I'm not super familiar with Traders nor um Shadows Fall I think the only exposure I have to Shadows Fall is um Phil Labont of All That Remains used to front Shadows Fall like mm-hmm. way back in the 90s way 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 yeah um but that's we we could fall down rabbit holes of that yeah. stuff. Just but before we do that, Shadows Fall definitely recommend checking them out. They're like kind of early uh, metalcore. Yeah, De- like we definitely recommend checking them out. Um, they also did a th- there was like this re- weird crazy rap collab that they had done with Necro where he was like the lead singer on the the folk chorus. Interesting. Really weird song. I'll show it to you later. Yeah, but um, for sure. And then Traders, if you really like beat down uh, metal hardcore, like it is just decimating i've definitely noticed that i've i definitely do like some of the beatdown stuff so like kublai khan is a really good recommendation so think kublai khan meets enterprise earth and that's traitors oh nasty but anyway so yeah the riffing on this song is top tier the it's a phenomenal representation as a title track like i genuinely cannot say enough good things about this song honestly there's I, I try I pretty much just said not much to say on this one other than it just slaps. Like the, the groovy riff to start this off and then it comes into just this head banging riff is really something that we're gonna see present throughout the entirety of the record and is something that Phineas is not going to shy away from throughout. Um before we before we sit here and talk an hour about how this song is great, let's jump into Thorns. Banger. It's kind of it it really is banger banger it's, banger so, banger banger so, banger so, banger. <laughs> so so let me tell you kind of one of the things I thought that was kind of interesting about this one as I was listening to it and kind of when I first heard it is it kind of it it was not really a light bulb and it wasn't a red flag but it was like one of those kind of things where it's kind of like my attention was grabbed in a, a way different from these other two because I'm like. Oh, these are heavy. These are heavy. And then this one was like, we get the riffage and the the screaming vocals and just kind of keeping it heavy. But it's weird because it's kind of a ballady song in a mm-hmm. way. And I, I can't quite put my finger on what it was exactly. Um, we get some blast beats in there. The guitars are just super clean and groovy. We get that super fun breakdown. Um it honestly reminds me of Howard Jones era kill switch. I get that. Yeah. The, the like honestly the my my main note here is that this is just a pure metalcore song. Like if you yeah. think metalcore, this is a prime example of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the clean vocal delivery is absolutely a standout on this song. Lyrically, it's sound and overall is just being really well received uh, by fans. Like, yeah. extremely well received by oh, fans. With, absolutely with this, is, this is one of the the favorite songs on the album for mm-hmm. sure. Next up, we have War You Know. Oh, Th- this song gives me super big I the Breather vibes. Um, like, a specifically, okay. like, from their album Life Reaper. Like, the way that they do, like, their pick scrapes and their kind of, like, these little pinch harmonics and stuff mm-hmm. like that before going into, like, these really pretty, um, like, 
solo the harmonized solos that are over these breakdowns mm-hmm. and like it like just through and through like, and this is not a knock to the band whatsoever like it just sounds straight up like i the breather yeah and i love i the breather so mm-hmm. it's a fantastic and it, mix. And it's cool because it's you know and i actually made a, a lot of notes like that so kind of as i said a little bit in the uh, kind of musical impressions is this song literally is miss may i meets fit for a king mm-hmm. um you hear a lot of the the vocal delivery that sean has and it's just like I, I've listened to Fit for a King a lot longer than I have Phineas. I was just recently introduced to Phineas from Chase. Mm-hmm. Um, a buddy. Um, for those of you who don't know, is it's a buddy of mine that I had actually introduced Gabe to, um, and he actually got me turned on to Phineas uh, a few months back. And, and Matt tries to introduce me, and I'm like, dude, I've been listening to them for ten years. <laughs> Listen, I'm a little behind the times, but we, we we don't talk about that. The future is now, old man. The future is now, old man. <laughs> Although that doesn't really work with our situation. Continue. Yeah, fair. <laughs> um, And it, it, the cool thing is, like, as I was listening to the song, is I could literally go through, like, if, if you, Gabe, you and I sat down and we, we listened to War You Know, I would probably listen to it once and then start it over, and I'd be like, this is a Miss May I part. This is a fit for a king part. This is a Miss May I part. <laughs> oh, here's another fit for it. Like, you know, just having that familiarity just to kind of be like, and it's cool that there's the similarities, but it's like the band's own twist on it. And yeah. it just kind of keeps it so that way it's not just Phineas for a, a king or Miss Phineas. Like, you know, pretty Miss much. Miss Phineas for a king. <laughs> Miss Phineas for a king. Bingo. I like it. So. And again, I would say it's a bad thing, but the familiarity is kind of nice to be able to kind of call to and see mm-hmm. see their kind of variation on stuff. Um, the one thing I will make a note of, and I I noticed it kind of listening to it, but we get a breakdown here in the song, but mm-hmm. we get it in three different spots, mm-hmm. and it's the same breakdown. Mm-hmm. And I thought that might have been one of the spiciest things I've ever heard. Because the closest I've heard of something like that is Hollow Bodies from Bless the Fall, where they have the same breakdown twice. Um, the way they kind of Bless the Fall had kind of set it up was there was a little bit more attention put to the breakdown later in the song. Um, so it, it felt like there was a little bit more ambience. There was a little bit more like they might have layered the chugs or like maybe layered guitars over more just to give it that extra bite. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is literally the same breakdown in the first one. It's the same one in that second section they bring it and it's the same in the third. And I thought that consistency is something that was really really welcome but it's also something we're gonna see throughout the record they just bring consistent just mint absolutely uh then we jump into the track defining moments and this is one of the ones where i was really like hey this is pause metal core again it, it like th- this one is a really uplifting song i really enjoy it this might be my favorite really okay so i so Honestly, there's there's one thing about this song that makes it potentially my favorite song on the record, and it's simply the chorus. The, the chorus is super catchy it's, on this one. It's insane. I like. I was actually sitting there singing it at work. Uh, it's just so catchy. But I remember listening to the song the first time, and the chorus where 
the choruses up to this point have been really good. This is the first time we see a chorus just go into that kind of soaring atmosphere mm-hmm. where like we're start, we would see a chorus for like a, a like a rock um, a rock anthem. This is what that chorus is. This one gave me a lot of like a old school for today vibes. I could see that. And so and it's just so good. I I don't know really what else to say other than just that chorus is fantastic because it just stuck out and it, at first it was a little weird lyrically but it's it just come to just grow on me and grow on me and f- for that reason man i gotta say it might be my favorite on the record yeah like this one here th- so there's a lot of moments in it that have really subtle guitar work behind the vocals mm-hmm. and it just speaks again to the mixing on this one because like without it being there it would be kind of empty but with it there it adds that little extra bit of like flavor to mm-hmm. it that makes a song what it is yeah and it doesn't distract from the vocals it doesn't distract from the message of the lyrics or anything like that and i feel like that that's just again pointing to the perfect mixing that's it that it's, is this album it's that little bit of seasoning on the meat that just cook that just gets that flavor out just right mm-hmm. and honestly i i honestly if muse we're gonna go with a really weird analogy but i i i know what picture i'm trying to paint here if i'm so worried <laughs> I'm actually a little bit worried myself oh because you said that. So if we were to take metal music and we were to look at it as a steak, hear me out. These guys brought just the right seasoning and just the composition and what stylistically they're able to do. I see you judging me. Stop it. <laughs> All of metal is one steak. Just me- just kind of metal music as a... Your metaphor is falling apart at the seams. <laughs> <laughs> You're asking the wrong questions. <laughs> but basically, basically, this record is like a, a beautifully cooked steak is kind of what I was trying to say. Like they, they know how to, uh, how to put together a fine cuisine. Fair enough. So long story short, that. Um, next song before I fall too far into bad analogies. Holy coward. Holy cow. Oh. It's a solid <laughs> one. <laughs> this song is probably the most Phineas song on the record. Um, it, it's, <laughs> it, it is a pit opener from front to back. It yeah. honestly probably takes the cake for my favorite song on the album. Yeah. Um, the riffage is top tier. Lyrically, it's masterful. The solo work is God tier as always. The song is definitely going to be on repeat for me. Your pit opener note is the same thing I put in my, <laughs> but it, and it, it's that simple, just marching yep. beat. Like you can, I could literally envision the one guy in the pit just walk, just walking around to this song. The guitar work in the beginning is some of the stuff that, and I kind of say that I'm a bit of a guitar geek because, like, if I hear some spicy guitar playing, is like, ooh, like I, I just grin and I sit there and I get a little giddy. This song got me a little giddy when I heard that guitar work at the beginning. Um, again, that marching beat is just super simple. It goes throughout the song and it just keeps it from. It keeps it consistent is probably a good way mm-hmm. to put it. Again, banger through um, throughout the song. Um, the breakdown coming in on this one will get people moving at that show without Definitely. a doubt. This if, if anybody's song, not moving at that show, they're a cadaver. Basically, yeah, they're they're pretty much just not gonna be having a good time. 
Um, and then this is just another song that we get to see the abilities Daniel has as a guitarist, not only showing his fast playing, but also him being able to play just in that very melodic style. So, yes. Well done, sir. Then we jump into the song Dream Thief. Matt, how are you feeling on this one? We get some more of that quality, quality metalcore, that well-seasoned steak, if you will. With some good riffage and some of those heavy chugs just mixed in just to add that just perfect seasoning that, honestly, we just don't get enough of in in songs these days, and especially in metalcore records as of late. Yeah, this one, like, it comes back in starting softly and then coming in full force. The harmonies from the guitars on the intro is stupid fast and stupid good. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I love the song lyrically. And I can't help but windmill headbang to this entire song. Yeah, the the thing is, and I haven't really given enough of a call out, um, but a real, I kind of want to say a sleeper, but it just because I haven't given enough credit is Isaiah on drums. In mm-hmm. this one, he smashes the china like it literally owes him money. He's he sits there and just throughout this record, he kills it on the drums, and I just. Until I was listening through and I got to this song and you you got to see him kind of be brought to the forefront a little bit is that's when I was like, sir, I appreciate what you do. Yeah. yeah so, like the, the, all, all the musicians well in this band are just top tier. Mm-hmm. So up next, and we're actually getting real close to the end, you guys. This one's called The Storm in Me. This is definitely the slowest song on the record, but... That's not a bad thing. No. So e- even though like it is a stereotypical slow song on the record, like this song still really brings the heat. Yeah. The the clean vocals for the majority of the song are just spot on, like phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, it, lyrically, it's solid again, and it really feels like the song Two Ships by O Sleeper, which is oh, like another kind of like your stereotypical uh, clean song, but mm-hmm. overall, like it, it's still just a really good song. Yeah. The building in this song to up to the climatic climactic end is honestly basically perfection and the ending of the song is a full-out assault on everything and i'm here for it yeah so this one is in my personal opinion um i don't believe it's the best song on the record um it's probably middle of the road kind of i'd probably have to put it towards the bottom and unfortunately and again as i kind of hit as a spoiler alert like this record slaps is unfortunately there's going to be a song or two that's going to have to go towards the bottom. And unfortunately this one goes, but even with the heavy instrumental and that screaming vocal part that Sean brings in towards the end of the song that you had kind of alluded to, I could still hear, I could see this being played on rock radio. Like I could Mm -hmm. actually see somebody calling into um, 98 KUPD, which is the rock radio station out here recommending this song and it potentially getting airplay. I can't see them doing that because they play garbage. <laughs> we're going to move on. I don't like the radio. That, that, that That's a personal thing. Then we're going to go ahead and jump into the song Severed by Self-Betrayal. Man, this, 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 I think this one honestly has the most catchy chorus for me personally. Really? It's just like th- this is the chorus that rings out in my head. It's super okay. cool. The, so the, the War of Ages, the, the band War of Ages vibe has uh, mm-hmm. really been str- felt strong throughout this record already. Yeah. Um, but this song like really exemplifies that. The warrior call chorus, the military-like beat, and the phenomenal harmonies the whole way through. Like 
this song honestly is a sleeper on the record. I feel like this is going to be one that people usually kind of skip by. Yeah. But I feel like it, it just, it, it deserves a little bit more attention. That's because obviously people are always going to gravitate towards a slow song on a record because it does something different on it. Mm-hmm. People are always going to gravitate towards like a final song, especially when it's like this one. Yeah. The, the one that follows this uh, in the night because it's going to be such a heavy banger. But like, I feel like a song that's sandwiched like this, like, usually isn't going to be quite as good of a song, and I feel like this one really is actually that good of a song that yeah. it needs to be noticed. And th- the cool thing is we where some records may go, and especially after a slow song, is they might go and do like a slow song and then back it up with another slower song, is I like that this is a return to the heavier style that we've seen throughout the record, so just kind of that classic metalcore without get, doing the 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 mushy stuff it's kind of like that medium rare heavy if we're continuing on with your steak yeah analogy. I, I i can actually agree with that um the song is clean just really in all of the tones vocally um sean kills it guitars and drums never do anything to take away from the song but they just help the song just be grand um these guys really just got it figured out man absolutely like it, it is just tight from beginning to end mm-hmm and then finally, with the ending of this record, we have the song In the Night. Matt, why don't you have to close us out here? This is a heavy <laughs> closer. Remember the part where I said Isaiah was smashing the China in a song a couple, you know, a couple minutes ago? Mm-hmm. He's smashing that China literally like it not only owes him money, but like killed his family. Like this dude's just going ham. I, so I need to go on record and say that I'm going to be putting forth a citizen's arrest on the band Phineas. Uh, they don't have any right to be this heavy. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't have really any words other than wow. Like, the lyrically, it's heavy. Riffs are heavy. Lead guitars are heavy. Vocals are heavy. Drums are heavy. This is a full-on devastator of an ending track. And I could not be more pleased. Like, I thought Ginger was such a devastating ending track at the end of that album. Oh, yeah. This one beats it by far in terms of heavy. And honestly, like, it it just kind of takes the cake over Ginger just because of how much I love this record. Yeah. But, man, this song is stupid amounts of heavy. So break out the handcuffs. Phineas, I'm coming, coming for you. <laughs> Phineas, you're coving for you. (laughs) Dude, but it's late at night, okay? This is fair. I'll (laughs) allow it. So a couple of other things is like the soaring chorus that I don't think we, either of us had kind of alluded to where we just (laughs) kind of saw that, which is, and then the solo just absolutely slaps. And then the breakdown that makes you just want to punch your neighbor. Like it's heavy. So good. Just chef's kiss the chef has cooked the steak it is being served and it is the best steak i've Just ever had so magical but that is gonna do it for oh, this wonderful wonderful Majestic. breakdown of stick <laughs> the track by track episode uh track by track of uh, the fire itself by phineas uh what we like to do here on the podcast is we like to give things on a, a rating on a scale of one to eight tentacles so matt why don't you go ahead and kick it off here what's your uh, what's your rating on this one so looking at my notes, I put a seven out of eight. After talking about the record do and having, get, do we get the, do we get the mat eight out of eight? Do we get it here? Listen to the record today at work and listening to it at you know on my way to work. 
dog. I gotta give it the eight. I gotta Yo, give it the eight, man. This go. this record is so good, and I I'm very reluctant to say that it I you know it's running for album of the year for myself because we still have so much of the year left um, that I don't want to go and like just be like. Oh, this is going to be it because I I'm I don't want to speak. Be, I'm saying no, it's oh in yeah, the no, and I, no, and it's it's definitely really high up there. And there's something about, especially after re kind of revisiting some of the old records that we um, have reviewed on here, um, the era record I've reviewed a significant amount of um, number of times. The love and death record I've come back to quite a few times and just finding things I really didn't notice in the first listen. Um, I actually revisited the Pretty Reckless recently and kind of found a little bit of, of love for things that I didn't initially. I'll be honest, I forgot we did that one. <laughs> it, it was a while, dude. Um, and so, kind of refinding some of the, you know, finding new things in records that we had looked at before is, I, I. D- I, I rate it as an eight out of eight, but because I've kind of re, you know, kind of found new things in like the love and death and the era records is I don't know that I can put this over those two because there's something those two have kind of pushed up. Um, it might just be a little bit you where can I retroactively just, say that those are going to be eights. Yeah. <laughs> in, in, in a way that I'm kind of saying that. And especially like the era record is. I listening back to it is just listening to it at work is it was just that kind of um, just that kick in the pants that you just kind of just jam to at work. And so I'm definitely retroactively giving that an eight Um, (laughs) and I'm going to probably have to do the same thing for the love and death record just because there was a lot of things I felt like I missed in the, the initial Mm -hmm. listens. Um, I don't I don't know how I'm gonna place this, but once once the, the end of the year kind of comes out and I get a, a few more chances to really bite into this record, um I think we'll be able to get a, a better understanding. But I think it's it right now it's for sure top five. For sure. Gabe. This is the first time we're doing this. This is gonna be a full octopus on this episode because I'm also giving an eight out of eight. Well, I mean, I would, I wouldn't honestly, based on the praise that you have given this record. If you wouldn't have given it an eight out of eight, the table may have just gotten yeeted. I won't lie. So this wasn't a time to say no, one out of eight. This sucks, <laughs> dude. If you said one out of eight, I may have lost. I may have just completely lost my marbles. Yeah, no, that, that, that's you can't lose what you don't have. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, honestly, eight out of eight on this one. Like, it, this was just a banger from front to back. I went into this record expecting to enjoy it, and I came out of it really concerned for the Trivium album that's going to be releasing sometime later this year because they're yeah. my favorite band. But man, I this is going to be a hard album it's, to top for yeah, me. Yeah, for sure. And and looking at some of the stuff that's coming up is, and I know you and I joke a lot about Spirit Box and kind of like how much I love. Spare box and Courtney LaPlante. I'm the one who brings it up first, unlike the Ginger <laughs> album where you did it. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm also trying to temper my expectations with that and trying not to overhype myself with that potentially being my album of the year because I've I've come to find how I just enjoy their music so much. But 
this record it it sets such a high bar and even even as a, a now fan of trivium is trying to see if that is able the, to top this the unique thing about this record i feel like it just it came out of left field for both of us like yeah. we came into this record expecting to enjoy it as a medical album mm-hmm. but it wasn't really something that we were anticipating like to be an album of the year for us yeah and so i feel like that's kind of like partially what's taking it off taking us off guard mm-hmm. on it but yeah like we, we genuinely cannot say the praise is high enough for this record um I, I really highly recommend checking it out. I know Matt does as well. Yeah, without so, a doubt. Without us just blabbering on for hours on end, go ahead and check it out. Yeah. But that is going to do it for our breakdown of The Fire Itself by Phineas. Now we'd like to go into the uh, the hidden track where we like to talk about something outside of the, the, the album that we reviewed today. Uh, Matt, why don't you go ahead and start us off? So we've talked about this before. My favorite band is Lamb of God. Mm-hmm. Um. Shadow of Intent actually dropped a cover of a Lamb of God song. They actually dropped a cover of Laid to Rest. Um, there's a lot of loyalties to the original song. Obviously, you have to when you're doing a cover. Um, but what's really cool about this cover is it sounds like it was something that was that could have been done on Reclaimer. If you listen to the ambient noises in the back is a lot like what you would have heard on Reclaimer, um, whether it be um, Horror Within or um, even, I can't remember, I, I fail under, um, failing to remember the first song on the record, even into song number two for Reclaimer. But you, just that ambience and the kind of, electronic-y but orchestral kind of sound that mm-hmm. they brought. So having that to kind of fill in, in in some ways, some of the the dead air that Laid to Rest kind of has in the original. But the other really big difference, and I, I don't want to spoil all of it because I, I definitely encourage you to listen to it. And this is even coming from a Lamb of God fan and hearing some covers of this song is some people, even like YouTube um, vocalists, just it doesn't quite come out right. But listen to the drumming. I want you to listen to the Lamb of God version and then I want you to listen to the Shadow of Intent version. And I love Chris Adler's drumming. He's a very technical drummer. He's not the fastest drummer, but there's a technicality in how he plays that's in a way kind of beautiful in how he's not just going just all over the place Mm -hmm. in in his drumming style. But Shadow of Intent actually brings more of a death metal drumming um, way like into this cover, which adds just that little bit of extra flavor, kind of keeps it a a Shadow of Intent song, but it's just their twist of a Lamb of God song. So I thought that was a really cool, um, really cool way that they did the cover. Um, And that was, they actually uh, released a visualizer for it on August 27th. So the same day this record (laughs) dropped. August 27th, dude, there was a lot of stuff that dropped. Honestly, just all of September is disgusting with how many different albums are coming out. And not not even to mention things that haven't been announced yet. Yep. And yeah, I feel like October is going to shape up to be the same way. October, yeah, because especially with the announcement um, recently of... I think it was like as of three weeks ago, Trivium announced the new album is going to be in October. Whitechapel just announced that they're going to be dropping a new album in October. And then Ask Alexandria announced that they're dropping a record in October. So October is starting to look a little bit busy. (laughs) 
Um, so that's that's my hidden track, Gabe. Why don't you um, hit me with yours and Before tell me I what go you got? On the hidden track, I'm just going to go on record and say once again that the black was the oh best thing God, that asked me. Oh my God, get off your hill. <laughs> go away. It was the best I thing that they ever did. Hill. I will kick you off this hill. Danny Warsnoff is the worst kick. thing that ever happened to asking Alexandria. This is Sparta! <laughs> I will flip this table over. If you would have given this the one out of eight, I would have flipped the table. I am about to yeet this so hard, dog. Mmm, spicy. So with that out of the way, <laughs> Whitechapel dropped a new song today. Yes, they did. It was really cool. I um, I, I'm not 100 percent sure how I'm feeling about it. The um, the verses felt really busy. Uh, with the both the uh, Phil Bozeman kind of bringing back his uh, kind of like rap. Yeah. Deathcore style. Um, so he has that, but then there's like a lot going on instrumentally underneath it. So that felt kind of weird. But overall, like the song had kind of like this really interesting technical vibe to it. So it really kind of ventured more on like the technical side uh, as, as opposed to like kind of like the, the more groovy things that we've seen with them in the past. Yeah. Um, so I did appreciate that. It's going to be an album titled Kin, uh, K-I-N. The album cover is this very interesting ethereal looking thing that looks like two aliens looking at each other. Um, and I'm very interested to see kind of how the album takes shape because uh, just looking at the uh, track titles, it doesn't really look like it's got any sort of specific kind of uh, arch to it, mm-hmm. but it looks like different songs might have their own like mini saga. Like yeah. the first track is I Will Find You, and the second track is Lost Boy. The, um, the ninth track is Without You. The tenth track is Without Us. Uh, and it just uh, things like that. So like it might seem like it might feel like there's gonna be many themes in there, yeah. which would be kind of cool. Um, I did also want to just kind of quickly go over a few other things that I've noticed as of recent. Um, new Trash Boat album, uh, "Don't You Feel Amazing," hot garbage. Hated every second of it. It is not Trash Boat anymore. I don't know where the band is gone, but they didn't put out this album. This is clearly a lie sent to by the government to like hide something from us. I don't know. Either way, that this is not a Trash Boat album. It's garbage. It's brash tote. Sure. Uh, Switchfoot, new album. Like, old men to live Switchfoot. Nope. Nope. This is just basically hipster garbage. Hated it. Uh, <laughs> uh, I haven't listened to the new Kanye West yet. I'll probably check that out later. <laughs> um, I started listening to the new Halsey album as well. It's interesting so far. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I remember you were talking about that this. That also dropped on the 27th. Because apparently everybody and their mothers dropping albums on the twenty seventh. So I'm about two tracks deep so far. It's uh, it's unique, but I like it so far. Um, okay. I'll I'll probably report more a little bit on it in a future episode since we yeah. kind of have a ton of hidden tracks to do. Uh, since we're doing so many episodes. Can but confirm. yeah, that is gonna do it for us today. Uh, please do remember to like, rate, and subscribe to us on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, and Amazon Podcasts, and really anywhere that you listen to us. We're also on a variety of social medias. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter. Oop, nope, we're not on Twitter. Hey, look at that. Go, Gabe. We're on Facebook. <laughs> we're on Instagram. We're on. Uh, YouTube and we're on TikTok uh, so please go uh, follow us there and help us build up our following if you want us to be on Twitter then go ahead and start beef with us bands we'll get on it okay I haven't received anything in that email that I haven't checked in a while tentaclebop at gmail.com hit us up we'll start a Twitter if you guys want to start beef and we'll just have a we'll just have a good time exactly I enjoy throwing out hot takes on the internet but I just don't enjoy Twitter but that's going to be it for us next week we're going to bring something a little bit spicy for you Coming up on Friday, we're going to be reviewing the new Carnifex album, Graveside Confessions. And uh, that's going to be 
Oh boy, these. I mean, Phineas is heavy, but uh, these guys are gonna be atomic it's, weight. I'm, ex I'm expecting heavies, and I'm expecting spooky vibes, and I'm expecting it to sound like they recorded in a church, angry, spooky things. I'm not expecting the church recording because most churches don't have really good acoustics, but that's beside the point. Anyway, we'll see you later. Catch you in the next <laughs> one.